Hello everybody, welcome to Voxel Viewpoint. It's game of the year season, and we're here, as always, to round up the year 2020 and talk about the games that uh, had the most impact on us, our games of the year, if you will. Um, I'm Ryan, and with me I've got Derek. Hey, how's it going? And Lee. Happy Apocalypse, everyone. Yeah, uh, Apocalypse is over. 2020 is over. Yeah. Um, so the apocalypse is over officially. Just They just turned it off overnight. Yeah. And uh, we're in 2021 now. So um, we'll start Apocalypse 2 right now. The reboot. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel. Uh, <laughs> Seven hours in and it's already the yeah. same. The revenge. 2020 remastered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, uh, as our streaks for some remasters, pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before right. we start yeah. on 2020 games, we have yeah. a couple of games that uh, made our lists that didn't come out in 2020. Uh, Derek, you had Borderlands 3 on your top list. Why is uh, Borderlands 3 here? What was so special about that game this year? So we finally started to go back through it as it was complete. All the DLCs has released um, with the next gen consoles coming out, like the PlayStation 5 version came out as well. So I dove into that for a little bit. And um, it was just a fun experience playing with the group of friends I normally play through. And, you know, we went through the game start to finish, hit up all the DLCs. We're doing all the side quests, the missions that we didn't normally do when the game originally launched and they weren't there. So that's kind of when it hit my top because it was one of those things that we really sank some time into this year. And some of the DLCs did come out this year. So kind of like a weird time with gaming. Yeah, was it where uh, how were the DLCs the day? Were they good? They were really good. They were, um, it was a lot of fun. One was like a wedding that we did between, um, Hammerlock and one of the newer characters they had brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of had like your Lovecraftian vibe and all. And so you went through that whole story. Um, the newer one was the Psychoscape where you were inside Krieg's mind. And that was just like a nutty blast, kind of like that far out humor and stuff that you're used to from Borderlands and that was the one that kind of like wrapped up three that was the last one that came out mm-hmm. uh, so it was just it was just a lot of fun all right cool uh yeah so my on my list is uh Astroneer, which came out of early access last year um and I've been playing that off and on uh here and there but this game's on my list specifically because it was the one that I sunk the most time into when um, kind of like the early summer when the uh, lockdowns and the pandemic was kind of in its most um, unknown time. Um, and that was just a game that I kept going back to as kind of like a way to keep my mind off of um, other stuff that was going on. Uh, it's a pretty relaxing survival exploration uh building game uh you have like the that terrain vacuum that you can suck up all sorts of different um all sorts of different types of terrain you find resources you find uh objects out there to research um i i went 
way farther in like the progression of all the tech than I've ever have. Um, I actually flew to other planets, um, not all of them. I didn't make it to every single planet, but um, I kind of got an idea of what the full experience of that game is, which is which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so that was a game that I uh, just sunk a lot of time into this year. Um, and it's a it's a great game that they keep adding uh, little things to. Uh, I kind of fell off right when they added in their first automation update. Um, so I didn't really have time to delve into that too much, but they are adding some pretty substantial systems to the game as time goes on. So I'll probably check it out again uh, some other time as well. Um, now, Lee, did you ever dive into Astroneer as well? At the very, very beginning I did. I didn't really get much other than that initial launch. Mm-hmm. Um I, I keep looking at it and meaning go back at it, but have they changed much from that initial kind of burst release? I think I pretty much played the beta of it, and that was about it. Yeah, it was in early access for a long time. Yeah, early access, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the last I played it. I did like what I played. Yeah, they've changed um, They've changed some things, and they've, they've uh, added a whole bunch of stuff, obviously, from the early access stuff. Um, and even through early access, they had a lot of things that they changed. So I don't really know what, what kind of situation you experienced. Like at one point there were storms that would sweep through and you'd have to hide in your, um, your pod to protect yourself. Um, and I'm pretty sure when I first played it, it wasn't even into the planetary then. I'm sure it was just one planet. Oh yeah. I'm not sure what stage along they added, um, they added more planets, uh, but yeah, it, it's more. It, they basically turned it into like a um, a resource hunt in a lot of ways because each planet has yeah. specific resources, and if you want to, you know, build all the things and go all the way down the tech trees, you need to go to each planet, collect a whole bunch of those resources, and um, ultimately bring them back to a central spot where you're uh, constructing everything so um, mm. yeah and there's there is a there's a thing there's a thing to do like a final um, mission or quest type thing but they keep a lot yeah. of that mysterious and for you to kind of figure it out on your own um, mm. yeah so mm. that's Astroneer and that's gonna bring us into 2020 proper. And what we're going to do here is we're going to go through these games in release order. Uh, some of them appear on um, multiple per- people's lists. Um, there's only one that appears on all three. So like last year, we're going to christen that one the official game of the year. Because um, it's the only one that appears on all three of our lists. Uh, but we're going to kick it off first in 2020 with Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, That game came out in March, and that is, of course, a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which is a a really, uh, like, hand-drawn, beautiful platformer that uh, came out on Xbox and PC. Uh, And it is uh, basically just... 
expansion of all of the things that that first game did. Um, it's a Metroidvania-style action platformer um, with a probably a bigger emphasis on the action than... Well, no, I guess it's probably a combination of both. They do a really good job of blending the action and the platforming in this game. Um, and, yeah, it's really just a... It's it, it feels a lot like the game that they originally wanted to make with Blind Forest in a lot of ways because it even kind of retells a little bit of the same story. It feels like like it's the same feels like the same setup, same kind of story arc, um, and it's just much bigger. Uh, the the map is a lot bigger. The uh, the there's way more abilities. There's way more characters that you can interact with. Um, a lot of uh, most of the characters have like voice acting, even though they're not actual words that they're speaking. They're like um, a foreign language, so but they do have distinct voices, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it just looks just as good and if not better than that original game. Everything's hand drawn and the animation is amazing. Um, yeah, it's it just like it was exactly what I wanted in a follow-up to that game. Now, Lee, you also had this on your list. Um, yeah. What was it that made you want to put it on your list? Well, I, I did really very, very much enjoy the first one. For me, the second one, the combat fi finally met the, the platforming and the traversal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it fleshed it out much more. Um there was something slightly unsatisfying. I, I kind of enjoyed it for what it was at the beginning because there's a quite a tough curve to the first Ori. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of suited it maybe to be very basic, the combat. Mm -hmm. So you kind of can juggle the two. This one, where everything's much more refined within itself, much less of the ball, uh, the platforming bullshit that mm -hmm. was in there, like the, 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 the weather jets into spiky wall bullshit. <laughs> kind of dulled that down a little bit, so it gave them more of a chance to flesh out that combat and that kind of yeah. switching between your pals and that. Yeah, um, it just feels a lot more fleshed out than the first one. Much yeah. more fleshed out and kind of it takes it. It feels like it takes its time more in a, in a in a constructive way. I think. Yeah, definitely. It feels like they um, feels like they had the budget that they wanted with the first game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one breathes more. Yeah, if you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot. Um, every every area feels like it's it it's has a big uh, has a has a flow to it that um, you know is is almost like a full level as opposed to the first one, which everything felt a little truncated. Uh, mm. All right, so staying in March, we have Doom Eternal, which is on Lee's list. Uh, mm. now, when we first talked about Doom, I was a little, um, negative, Doom Eternal, I was a little negative on it. What is it about Doom Eternal, Lee, that, um, really did it for you? I, um, for me, I, I really kind of, um, enjoy the thing that I didn't, because the first one is just a pure blast through. Uh, mm -hmm. this one is kind of... I, it makes you enjoy the micromanagement of the combat a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, it's a game that, because there's very much swapping, you, you're constantly switching your weapons out, constantly moving and constantly 
kind of there's no downtime on yeah. unless you're platforming there's no down now i appreciate the, down, the platforming more because it does give you a lot more downtime i i just really enjoy that i, I like a game that the, the game because it kind of i could leave it for a month or so and i can go back i can i could feel like i've never played the game before i just feel completely lost um but within about an hour it's like i've never left it it's kind of it's so intuitive and muscle memory ish but mm-hmm. uh, i just really i i do prefer it over the first one and i didn't uh, the, the previous one and i don't think i was going to say that yeah it's it can be brutal sometimes but um like uh, uh, you but i definitely went from a point where i went from hating running into a marauder to appreciate having in a, a, a squad of marauders battle and stuff like that and not even thinking about it, just turning your brain off whilst mm-hmm. not turning your brain off at all and just kind of steaming through. It's kind of just really kept me firing on all of me kind of me, me kind of me, me, me gaming prowess, mm-hmm. if I have any, if you will. <laughs> no, I really, I, I, I understand that the juggle is a bit much for someone. I understand that that's a wall. Um, and that's a fair, it is a fair thing, but if you get it, I think you get it. Um, yeah. And I, got uh, it, I think, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that was my big turnoff from it was like, it just, it was a little bit too much. Um, every enemy mm. needed a very distinct way for you to kind of kill it. And, um, if you weren't getting into that mode, you just weren't, um, Ooh. you weren't making any progress. Cause you know, it, it, more than the first one, even it, it, every encounter was basically a combat puzzle. Uh, to solve Ooh. and you yeah. needed to execute it um precisely or you weren't able to get through it um mm. and yeah it was it was you know not not as you're going all over the place in this game um where the first game was linear which you know i don't really have a preference there or anything like that but um mm. yeah it just was a little disappointing to me but um I know you you enjoyed it, and there's a lot of people out there that do. So, um, mm. I guess we'll see what they do moving forward. Whether they um, split yeah, the difference or sure. keep going down this road. Yeah, um, I've not played the um, the DLCs yet. Uh, from what um, I understand, they're know. pretty difficult. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, they're like it, the everything cranked up to it, eleven. Yeah. yeah, when you have to fight the icons of sin and stuff like that. Spoilers. Fuck it, you're not gonna get that far. Uh, <laughs> you're not gonna bother. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, no, it does double But yeah, um, it does feel like it finishes more definitively than the first one as well, because the first one just stops. I think if you ever finish the first one, yeah, yeah, it does kind of. That game just literally ends. just go bump. Yeah, there's like there's no real ending to that, so it's nicely, it's a lot more fleshed out. Yeah, I, it's my thing. I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll get to more of your things later. <laughs> All right, we're going into April here. Excuse me? <laughs> Derek, we have Final Fantasy VII Remake. Talk to me about that game. Well, I gotta make a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy and, w- tea. and wait for the second part to come out. Oh, yeah. Jesus. How much tea am I gonna be drinking? A lot. Yeah. <sighs> That's alright. Well, for me, Final Fantasy VII was like one of my favorite games of all time. And um, with the remake, they kind of reinvented it 
instead of just remaking it the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, with doing so and the way they took the approach to this one, uh, making it more like of an action RPG versus that turn base that we're used to from Final Fantasy. Um, at least as far as like the classic entries go, they've been doing it kind of with 15 and all, experimenting with that, and it's been working out. Um, but for this, it allowed it to tell a, um, at least for the beginning part of the game, like a deeper story where you could get and interact with the characters that you only spent like a very short time with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the original game, you know, we went from only having like eight hours with a set of characters to expanding into a full game from start to finish with all these characters. And you got to see like a little bit more of their like family lives, their home lives, their backstories. Um, and, you know, just with the full 3D graphics and the power of current gen consoles and stuff like that, it just brought a whole new life to the game. Um, and then they were also able to, like, switch up and tell um, the story in a different way. Um, but how this one ends, we're not sure, like, what they're going to do with it. But they've opened up that, you know, multiple person um, personalities, multiple, like, realities and different you know, outcomes depending on choices that are being made. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they progress with the next parts of this that are going to come out, whether it be two more parts, three more parts, um, mm-hmm. depending how they decide to do it. But I just really enjoyed it. I liked everything they did. Uh, it played well. It looked very nice. And it was just a great time from start to finish. Like, you really didn't, like, if you were trying to learn more about these characters and get, like, a closer feel to the ones that you know and liked, um you were really able to do that with this um, while still getting that Final Fantasy story. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I know when it finally came out, um, it got a lot of um, positive reviews, let's say, from fans and um, just in general. So uh, it's great that, you know, this thing that's been going on for so long finally did come out and it's... Uh, it's doing good and yeah i wonder i just wonder like are they anywhere anywhere along with the second part or uh i'm not sure because you know with this we kind of get like here's a little bit information and it's silent for a while um i just don't think now that they have the grounds for it and kind of you know they have like like they also said in like some of the interviews too is like they have a better idea of where they want to go and um, how the story's being told, and since this had such a good reception, you know, they can keep on with that same path they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I know they have started planning out the story for the next spot, so how far in they are to working on that, I couldn't really say. Yeah. But they definitely have that really good grounds for, like, how the game's going to play and, you know, what we should expect from, like, a next part. Okay, cool. All right, so staying in April... We have Streets of Rage 4. Lee, you were anticipating this game, and it seemed to uh, live up to your expectations. Is that oh, an accurate thing to say? Very accurate. Um, you can't be messing around with kind of bringing back the old franchise anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that this nailed it more than I ever thought it would. Um, it's, it's a genre that obviously has its limits, the, 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 the size calling Brawler. Brawler. Brawler? Brawler. Call it Brawler if you like. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> New genre. Um but um yeah, I, I liked the um 
the kind of the intricacy of it. It's it's more complex than you think it is once you actually get into the meat of it. Um, Introduce stuff like screen juggle and stuff like that, you know, screen corner juggle and stuff like that. Um, lots of different, un- lots of unlocks to do. I'm still playing it now. I still mm-hmm. dip back and unlock new stuff, and you just keep going and keep going. And once you start unlocking the um, the old characters, which slot into the new gameplay kind of seamlessly, which is really weird because obviously this is much more of a complex type of fighting game than it used to. And now you have the old style um, uh, uh, combat um, or moves and stuff. So it's cool to see that it still works, no matter who you use and stuff like that. Um, I do. I, I mean, I don't think the soundtrack will be. That's one of the things. That one of the hooks. I think everybody had. I don't think it is as good as the the original three. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's the only real disappointment from that. It kind of it. I you know I waited a long time for this. I've been waiting since. Well, since the third one. Well, no, since the fourth one fell through. Um, back in the day. Which was um, like the Saturn one fell through, mm-hmm. um, and you know I feel like it was warranted to wait for it. It's kind of yeah. I don't know where you go from here. This is the thing. I don't know where you go from here. I think you just leave it there and say we put a lid on it. We put yeah. a cap on it. Yeah, I guess unless you were decided to take it into a different direction, that because uh, you you hit, I guess you hit that nostalgia, right? The making it the way it used to be now do you increment on it or do you just like you say just put it to bed yeah um, or you go a different direction like they did with um double dragon when they did double dragon neon mm-hmm. and just completely turn it into a kind of an irony thing that's the yeah. way you can do it like they did with battle toads recently or um, uh it didn't work quite as well contra rogops oh that's my favorite that was <laughs> I love that game, especially the JPEG graphics. Yeah, Amazing. They, uh, maybe they'll turn it into a third-person uh, something. I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's good that that, um, that, that lived up to uh, the legacy of what Street of Rage is. Uh, don't have many of those uh, types of games coming out these days. Uh, at least big profile ones like that. Uh, so now we're jumping into May. Uh, we only got one May game, and that's Minecraft Dungeons. And Derek, you played a substantial amount of that. What was uh, so special about Minecraft Dungeons that kept bringing you back? All right. Well, for this one, I had absolutely no idea this game was coming out. I did not know it was a thing until it came out. Mm-hmm. And when you take Minecraft and smash it with like Diablo three, you get a really great experience. Um, I'm not some like crazy, like Minecraft nut that'll sit there for like days, weeks, months, and years building stuff. But every now and then, you know, the group will get together and we'll go into like a map, start a new seed and kind of build and play and see what we can do. And then that's kind of it. And maybe a couple months we'll come back for that. But like with this one, um, as they had it set up as more like a you know like a Diablo type RPG, um, just you know in that Minecraft style, yeah, um, it just it really hooked me in. Like 
like I didn't think it was like I was coming home every day where we're hopping on and all right next area let's grind through this let's see what we can get let's see what kind of little gear sets we can get um and my son had it too and he enjoyed it a lot um so we played it like between the switch with him and then we also had it on the playstation and we played with our group of friends like that mm-hmm. um it was just a lot of fun you know you could play it by yourself you could play it with a group it just kind of like it was one of those ones that really just caught you off guard of like, like how much it captured you in and how much fun it was for you know being you know a simpler game with not like as much lore as like diablo or something would have but mm-hmm. still in that kind of same uh gameplay loop uh so it was just it was just a lot of fun it was like a nice surprise out of nowhere yeah this had like for me because full cross play support right so everybody could they, play with um, each other yeah they just recently added that in and it actually works out pretty well you know just like minecraft as long as you have your uh, Minecraft account or the Microsoft account yeah. with everything tied that you can just pop on whatever system and see your friends. I did it between the PlayStation and the Switch with my son to try that out a little bit. And we connected right in and it was no problem at all. So that feature was working really well. Cool. Now, uh, yeah, I, I played a little bit of this um, when it came out and uh, I really like the visual style of it. Like, It's not like first person Minecraft. It's like an isometric like Diablo point of view mm-hmm. and i thought it looked really good um and yeah it was in terms of like the loot and combat and stuff was definitely in that um diablo vein i guess the only thing that i didn't was like wanted a little bit more out of was a little bit more minecraft <laughs> like uh there was like there's no building in it there's no there you can't even really like, really destroy the environment i thought that would have been pretty cool if like they had bombs and explosions that, like, you know, big chunks of the ground were blown up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that would have been really cool. I think one of the things I kept mentioning, like, while playing it, too, was that, like, if they could bring that combat style into Minecraft, I don't think I'd ever play anything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they'd probably have to change the camera, right? Yeah, uh, probably... it could go both ways, you know? Yeah, I... I guess so. It'd be hard to do range stuff with first person. Yeah, yeah, that would be a little bit. Or like area of effect magic and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eh, let's see what they can do. Be interesting. I'm sure there's probably a modder out there that's tried something. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with because we know that Minecraft community is insane. Yeah, and it's not going anywhere. Nope. Um, yeah, so like I said, that made my top because it kind of like for me, it came out of left field. We had no clothes coming out and I saw it and I looked into it. and I was like, oh, this is cool. And it was only like 30 bucks, too. So we're like, let's try mm-hmm. it. And then we like I said, we just got hooked. And then that was that. Yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap up May. And uh, then we're going to go into June, which uh, on June 16th, a game called Hard Space Shipbreaker came out into early access and uh, I played a quite a bit of this game when it came out. Um, haven't really gone back to it since they've they have been updating it though, so uh, it's not out of early access yet. But they are definitely plugging away at it. So what this was was a game that, if you can imagine, Isaac from Dead Space before he went on the fateful trip that uh, turned into a monster hunt. Um, what he would do in his daily life, which was uh, kind of be a um, engineer 
with his plasma cutter that uh, takes apart spaceships. Uh, and that's that's what the game was. You uh, had these big spaceships that were in this like docking area, and you had to you have to cut them apart with your you have like a um, plasma cutter. You have a uh, like a laser that heats up certain types of metals that will then detach chunks of the spaceship. Uh, you have like a grapple gun that can pull chunks of the spaceship off, and then you just kind of toss them into these um these these bins of depending on what material they are and you have like a checklist of things that the uh the contractor wants you to get out of the spaceship like you know a special computer terminal um a certain amount of you know aluminum alloy or you know get the uh valuable um engine out of the ship without having it explode stuff like that and it's just kind of like a um it was a little bit meditative a little bit like um just kind of picking away at the ship and and sending it into um watching it slowly deteriorate kind of deal which was which is pretty satisfying um it looks really good too it was like really um right from the start really great looking game um and yeah it was like a a good uh time waster kind of game uh, again in the middle of the summer when um i wasn't really doing a whole lot um it was nice to hop into this and in uh kind of chill out for a little while does um, sound like the most ryan shepherd game ever made it is it's a very ryan shepherd game <laughs> take the things apart in the right order and that's it Pretty much, yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's uh, buildings. Sometimes it's taking apart. Uh, this one was taking apart. Uh, but yeah, they they uh, they are adding stuff. Like they have these really really big ships now that I haven't even gone in and take taken a look at. But um, it gets kind of it, it does get a little uh, claustrophobic in these ships. Like uh, you start to get ships where you have like you have the interior and then the exterior and then there's a section in between the interior wall and the exterior wall where you can sneak in and um, take some pieces off there and if you get stuck in there without any oxygen you'll die so um, there is a little bit of uh, uh, stress that comes in there but otherwise it's a pretty uh, easy going game um, is that just PC yeah, it's it's just PC. Uh, it, it's probably I think they announced that it is going to come to console once it comes out of early access. So uh, I, I've been playing with a controller, so it has pad support. Um, so it'll it'll probably come there at some point. Uh, it, it's first person, so I know I said uh, like Dead Isaac and Dead Space, but um, it's like Ooh. Isaac but in first person. <laughs> um, yeah, so. If you're into uh, those kinds of games on PC, that's a good one to check out. That's Hard Space Shipwrecker. And also in June, we had The Last of Us 2. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, another indie. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> another early access indie game. Uh, small team. Um, 
so Derek and Lee, you guys, you both uh, have this on your lists. I don't know who wants to jump in first, but um, let's talk about it. Derek? All right, yeah, I can go. Um, so I had this on my list um, because just from the overall like story and experience and gameplay, this was the first game that I've ever done a complete playthrough streaming to our community from the very start of the game to the very end. Like everything that was done was done with our community and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, mainly because it was a completely different way of me playing a game versus, you know, just sitting there and, you know, okay, a couple hours here, a couple hours here. Now nah, we had it every single night, an hour to two or so, um, going through it. And that was just a lot of fun for me, um, to be able to like show off and talk to people and like discuss different things that were going on as we were going through the game. But besides that, um, I thought it played well. Um, some of the changes and stuff they added into were really nice. They added in a lot so that people with um, different disabilities could try to enjoy the game and use these different features they've put out there. Uh, I think recently I'd watched a video more on it with different people using the different uh, features that they had and how they interacted with the game, and a lot of it was pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Um so outside that like it was just i enjoyed having another part of the story there were some parts of it that i didn't like but then as i played through and made it closer to the end um you know it kind of made sense why they did it so it kind of grew on me a little bit even Mm -hmm. though i didn't really like how they ended it okay lee um well Considering I'm, I'm quite vocally, I'm not a fan of the first one. Um, as much as I, I, I appreciate the story and the character work and stuff in the first one, um, I don't enjoy the gameplay at all. Um, I, I didn't think this was going to be on my list, to be honest with you, when it, before it came out. Um, but it does, did so many things well. I jumped into it really because I wanted a kind of a big, like, AAA survival horror type thing. They don't come around often. Um, but this kind of. I like the the complexity of the plot, um, or complexity of the characters rather than the plot. The um, the subverting of expectation of how you expect characters to play out and how you expect the things to play out. Um, I like all that, but the thing that really got me with this was the um, the real kind of boost in in combat and gameplay and stuff. It made it a really satisfying grim but satisfying game to play it's finally kind of the game the gameplay met the step pieces they design and stuff like that and it mm-hmm. was just a much more really satisfying maybe a little bit too long and bloated in places could have been done with a little bit of trimming here and there but saying that i don't know what you could have taken out um maybe kind of the time jumps could have been better placed but um other than that i i, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as bleak of an experience as it sometimes was, it was a very nice polished game to, to sit and play through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so that's going to wrap up May. And now we're going to go into, uh, not sorry, June. Um, we're going to go into July. And 
Derek, you have Death Stranding on your list, which I was surprised <laughs> to see pop up. Sorry. Um, I, I know that came out on PC. I don't know if that's where you played it or if you played it on PlayStation. What, why you know is this what? on your list? That might have been the reason was that it became on PC. Because when I was going back to look through and make my list of the games, I just kind of pulled up a list of everything that came out this year. Yeah. And apparently the most complete one is hard as fuck to figure out if it was just like a new release of the game or whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay, so so you didn't actually play this this year? Yeah, so I think this was actually just... Oh, yeah, because this was one of my honorable mentions as well. I did revisit it a little bit. Okay. Um. So, no, this ain't, this ain't one of my real, real top ones here. Okay. But I dove back into it. It seemed to be a little bit more solid. Um, since there's been some updates and uh, patches applied to it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, just, I went around exploring, you know, kind of just like it was when it uh, originally released. Yeah. Um, just there was more stuff around, like some people had different things built. Um, seemed so to, like people are still in their building. Yeah. Yeah. There was some near, like some bigger, like I seen some like bigger, like roadway pieces and stuff built like that, that we didn't see. That we kind of, mm-hmm. like, knew we could build and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I proceeded on through a couple more of, like, the, you know, the kind of horror set-piece zones where you had all the... Um, the BTs, the stealth. Yeah, the BTs yeah. and everything. So I went through there, and it felt a little bit better going through there because I felt it didn't, like... It felt like it was a little bit more tightened up than it was when it originally came out. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I did grab this on PC... Uh, so I could talk a little bit about that version of the game, which is pretty incredible, actually. Uh, the um, the work they've done for to port this over to PC is pretty pretty incredible. Um, it looks really good. I mean that that original the original PlayStation PlayStation Pro version um, looked really great too. But you know this is running at a can be running at a higher resolution. Um, you know, more bells and whistles turned on and stuff like that. Uh, the thing that really makes this a standout is um, NVIDIA's DLSS technology, which is um, actually allowing you to run the game at a higher resolution while um, it kind of runs like an AI protocol through it and upscales it to a higher resolution. Uh so you get a really good um, frame rate while also getting a really good image quality. And that really um, makes the kind of, it's like, it's the, the like the, um, the environments in Death Stranding are like strange. They're like, they're sparse, but there's also a lot of terrain and stuff to to look at. And I think it's actually kind of, beautiful in a way and it's kind of like um post-apocalyptic like no life but also little bits of green little trees here little trees there um and like you know the water flowing and stuff like that it's just this weird um aesthetic that covers through the whole game and um it looks really great when you're um cranking those uh, visuals up it's still the same batshit story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that hasn't changed, but uh, that that wouldn't change either. Um, 
yeah, I think um, if you're if you do have a decent PC, that's the version you probably want to grab uh, because it's uh, they did a phenomenal job uh, bringing that over to PC. Um, all right, so staying in July and only a few days later, we have Ghost of Tsushima, which is on me and Derek's list. Uh, so I dove into this game pretty heavy uh, when it first came out and uh, put, you know, dozens of hours into uh, it and kind of, I, I'm, I definitely kind of burned myself out going through that first region and doing everything. Um, I kind of wish I had uh, held off a little bit on ticking off every a little thing down in that bottom region because it ends up unlocking the second region, which is uh, just kind of more of the same. Um, but that said, the way that this game manages to handle both stealth and um, open combat is, I think, really great. Um, usually you get a game and it uh, does one or the other. This game, um, you know, the, the stealth combat you know, it isn't really combat, you know, you're just kind of, you're sneaking around very like Assassin's Creed style and taking enemies out silently. Um, and then if you kind of raise the alarm, you go into very much, uh, like traditional samurai combat where, um, the game makes you very powerful, but also if you're not paying attention and using your counters and, um, dodging at the right time, you can get overwhelmed and, um, you know, taken mm-hmm. out by, by too many enemies. So, um, it just, that, that was probably what stood out to me. And when I came back and revisited it briefly to make sure that it was going to end up being on my list, um, that was the first thing that ended up standing out to me. It was like within 10 minutes of booting that game back up, I had like, a dozen soldiers dead at my feet. <laughs> so it was like, I didn't even, um, like the, the muscle memory and, um, remembering all the different stances and stuff, um, stuck with me for probably like, I don't know, five months since I put it down and then picked it back up. So, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the story is just really good too. Like the little, side stories and the overall story there's some good characters there some not great characters but um there's enough there that uh makes it worth uh plowing through some of these um some of the side stories especially Derek what is what why was this on your list same reasons or yeah, pretty much the same reasons you had. Um, for me, like any games where you get to choose if you want to do stealth or, you know, just go in and raise hell. Usually it's to go in and raise hell for me. Um, with this one, I found I enjoyed a lot more going in kind of stealthy, seeing who I could pick out, you know, seeing who you could lead around and then take out, um, and, you know, sneak around, sneak under stuff, sneak in the windows. Like it gave you a lot of different options to mm-hmm. be stealthy where in some games they're like, yeah, it's stealth, but you have to do it this way. 
Yeah. This one's stealth, but you've got like you can hide above. You know, you can uh, you can get them from above. You can jump through the windows. You can crawl underneath. You have the grass that you can sneak around in as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have your range to take out with your arrows and stuff. So, um, and it's also a beautiful looking game. Uh, yes, yeah. That was one of the things that really stuck with me, and it and it came out of the gate in a really good state, which you know within the last year of gaming has kind of been a rocky subject in the gaming world. Yeah. Is how yeah, stable of a, a game? Yeah, for for a big open world game to come out um, in a in a pretty good state, performance and like glitch and bug wise, uh, it it did come out um, pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was just a lot of fun with, you know, taking out all the enemies, having your, like, what I enjoyed too is, like you mentioned, the different stances. So, you know, you kind of, you could go into that mode where you're just slashing away, but as long as you knew and, like, kind of paid attention to the enemies around, you could switch between, take care of them, you know, roll out of the way a little bit. Everything just kind of flowed really nice and never seemed like an overall burden. Yeah. Yep, it did. Um, All right, so that's going to wrap up July. Now we're going to go into August, which is just dominated by me, I guess. Um, so on the 18th of August, uh, a game called Spiritfarer came out, and this is actually my um, number one game of the year. Uh, and this game is... I didn't talk about this previously on the podcast, so I'm going to take a little time to um, uh, explain what it is. So... This is a um, 2D indie game that came out. It came out on Game Pass. So if you got if you got Game Pass, it's a fantastic game to um, jump into. Um, but the concept here is you are the newly crowned um, Spiritfarer, which means you're the person that controls the boat that ferries the souls of the dead across the river Styx. Um, and the whole game is based around you going around to various islands. Um, there's like a big ocean that you sail around and there are all these islands and you're finding spirits that need to be ferried over to the underworld basically. But it is a very upbeat, very colorful, very bright representation of all of this, um, like you're not some cloaked guy with a a sickle. You're um you act you're actually a human character looking person. <laughs> um and as you go along you um are also collecting resources and uh all sorts of different like ingredients for cooking and um crafting things as well on these islands. And you kind of have to make the best of the situation for these uh, spirits last moments so to speak so um, they'll uh, they'll have like a favorite food that you they like so you'll want to cook them that food um, they'll want uh, a place to live on the boat so you have to build them uh, like their own little house and um, then upgraded along the way, so that's where the crafting and the um, collecting of materials comes in. Um, and you actually 
grow pretty attached to these characters because there's a lot of dialogue that goes on between you and them. Uh, you kind of find out their backstory, like why, like, um, why they have these last requests for you to go to these parts of the, um, I guess limbo is what you'd call it, like the space between, um, the mortal realm in the underworld. Uh, and yeah, you just kind of get grow attached to these characters. A lot of them are, you're actually related to. So, um, you pick up like your uncle and your aunt and, um, some other characters that have like connections to you from the mortal realm. And yeah, it's just a really great, uh, expression of like dealing with, loss dealing with moving on dealing with death but it's presented in like a very kind of upbeat kind of positive way which is uh is really really uh goes a long way to um you know make those uh those kinds of topics manageable um and yeah just like the music and the art and the writing all around it is, is really fantastic. Um, it's a very long game, uh, way longer than I originally thought it was going to be because, you know, usually you, you throw on some of these indie games and they're pretty short experiences and they have a, they, they kind of drive home their point and then they, um, they throw up the credits and they're done. This is something else. <laughs> Um, I probably have put 30 to 40 hours into this game and I'm not hundred percent done yet. Um, I have like probably my last couple of spirits that I need to finish up with. Um, I've explored the entire map and, and everything like that. So I know I'm almost done, but I'm still not 100% done with it. Um, that's probably my only complaint about it is that there is a lot of busy work, a lot of going from island to island, a lot of crafting that, um, some of the crafting is pretty simple, uh, other parts of it is kind of time consuming and a little bit, um, uh, just like tedious and you kind of, sometimes you have to create, you have to craft a lot of parts. Um, so it's, it's got, it's got its, uh, shortcomings there, but, um, the overall experience is just really, really fantastic. Um, it's kind of like my Stardew Valley of this year in a lot of ways where it's kind of like, um, I just keep going back to it and plugging away a little bit more, getting a little bit more out of it, going on to something else. Then I come back to Spirit Fair and plug away a little bit more and, um, just get a little bit more out of it. So, uh, that's why it's my on the top of my list this year all right and now we move on to the last campfire which also came out in um august and this is a so this is the first game that hello games has put out since no man's sky uh and this is a very small like three hour long um puzzle adventure game where you play as a uh, little, um, oh, I forget what they call them now, um, forlorn 
Uh, that's what they call them. That's actually, you know what? It's a lot like uh, Spirit Fair. You're in this kind of limbo space, <laughs> um, navigating your way through um, the uh, land of the living and the land of the dead. Um, and here you're kind of solving uh, puzzles in order to uh, progress and find and guide other forlorn that have lost their way along the path to um, the underworld. And uh, it it has a very Alice in Wonderland vibe to it. We are coming across all of these like really bizarre characters, um, like larger than life characters. Like there's this gigantic pig that you have to feed different types of, um, like you feed a, a television to and uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and, um, and other just weird things too. Cause they want something crunchy. They want something sparky. They want something this, they want something that, um, hmm. And yeah, just full of these little tiny vignettes like that. These little characters that um, stand out, and uh, it's a it's a incredibly beautiful game. Uh, another like hand drawn. All the art is um, is is hand drawn, and uh, you know all the the lighting and, and everything glow like glowing and everything like that is really really beautiful. Um, and it just tells a kind of a another. Uh, simple story about like um, finding meaning in in your time on um, uh, your your time on the planet um, and whether or not you know you you accept that for what it is or you are uh, you know disappointed with yourself at the end or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's a it's just like I said, a short little three-hour game, um, some really neat puzzles, some really uh, interesting characters, and uh, yeah, apparently it was just like a small like four-person team on that Hello Games team that um, put it together in a few years, so um, it's good to, cool to see them like fostering that kind of development within their own ranks over there, while also building the biggest game <laughs> uh updating no man's sky here and there um to make it just the biggest craziest game out there um yeah all right so that's uh those are my two for august so now we're going to go into september which we kick it off with uh tony Ox pro skater one and two remake now uh, lee and myself we had this on our lists um my obvious reason for this being on there is my reverence for the original games. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series is one of my all-time favorites. Um, I just love the the flow you can get into with those games, with the simple com- combo system, um, and going as crazy with it as you want, um, and trying to string all those tricks together, getting all the special things on each level um and they just did such an amazing job with this game um updating the graphics but not updating it too much you know it still looks like has that look and feel of those original games um but looking a lot sharper and having a lot better lighting and effects and stuff like that um and they were able to also bring over 
the entire soundtracks from those games, with our, which are a huge part of those original experiences. Um, Lee, what's your takeaway? Why did this make it on your list? Oh, well, what a treat this was. This was a real treat, this one. I have, I've got the same reverence as you have by the sense of it. You know, I, I love those first few games. I like all of them, but those first three or four are kind of have a real special special point. And everything you said about what the gameplay and everything like that that has been taken over, the nostalgia stuff is fine. Now, it's been a funny old year. Um, and by the time it's come out, it was August? Uh, September. September. The very, very beginning of September. Yeah. So you sit down and I played this, and I played the kind of nostalgia games throughout the year, you know, mm-hmm. the things that came out. This came out at exactly the right time, and it's exactly the thing I needed to just like strip me out of 2020. Mm-hmm. I just thoroughly enjoy this game and just sit there and just... It was like it was 1999 again or 2000 again. Yeah. Um, it really honoured it, and it just it really kind of... I don't get really kind of touchy-really emotional about games, but this kind of... Really made me feel good this game at the right time, and I really needed it. Um, so I got a lot of I got a lot of respect for this one. Mm-hmm. Really, really kind of give me a lift. Yeah. So yeah, um, no, loved it, loved it. With the way we talked about it earlier, I was surprised it wasn't on Derek's list too. Yeah, that it probably should have been. Um, <laughs> Maybe but this kinda... instead of Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I I enjoyed it too. I just kind of, I don't know. I fell, I fell off playing it. Oh, okay. Um, Like, yeah, we played it a bunch when it was out. When we were talking about it, when we did the streams and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what I started playing around that same time that took me away from it, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I man, I I plowed through that game and got got everything I could out of it. Yeah, because. I wish I could remember what came out because my brother had taken off a couple days to play that because that's like one of his all-time favorites too. And I think he completely beat the first one mm-hmm. and then only made it partway through the second one. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so stick it in um, September. We've got Mafia Definitive Edition on Lee's list, which we talked about not too long ago. Um you want to kind of do a once-over about why that game stuck out to you, Lee? Yeah, uh, well, it really kind of... After the particularly stinky, um, definitive version of 2, Yeah. Um, I, I did go into this maybe with slightly lower expectations. Like, well, I screwed that one up. What are they going to do with this one? Mm-hmm. It kind of, If you love the first one, it kind of really busts it to a high sheen. It's more of a remake than a definitive edition. Um, newly redone story... Um, kind of done over voice acting uh, cut scenes one of the best I think it's one of the best stories in this sort of genre this kind mm-hmm. of open world genre um, gameplay maybe although it might be the most kind of innovative third person open world game um, it feels nice and chunky in a kind of a gangster way um, mm-hmm. just really nicely done kind of i hope hopefully they after kind of the rather disappointing three hopefully they can restart the series again um and take 
although it's an older game, take some more of this and kind of implement it into that and not get bogged down with what kind of dragged down the later ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, good good stuff, this one. Very well done. Very well done, especially on the story side. All right. If you want a good story, this is definitely one to dip into. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone and checked it out yet, but I will probably will at some point when I've got a chunk of time to devote to it. Um, so that's going to wrap up September. Now we're going to go all the way through October to the very end with, with what I guess technically qualifies as our game of the year because it appeared on all three of our lists. And that's Watch Dogs Legion. Can we have a callback on this? We can't make this the best, the best one of the year. (laughs) This is good. This is the one that's on all three of our lists, so technically it's our our Voxel Voices, Voxel Viewpoints Game of the Year. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's the best, it just means it's, among the three of us, the game that we all put on our lists. Oh, Watch Dogs Legion, you go, girl. <laughs> <sighs> um, so what yeah, this, this was like the first of, um, I guess the kickoff for the um, holiday season and uh, one of two big giant open world games that um, Ubisoft put out this holiday season. And yeah, this was the third Watch Dogs game. So you've got your um, gadgets to uh, hack things and, um, you know, steal people's information and, hack into security cameras and look at monitor things and steal people's cars and all that stuff. But what really set this game apart was uh, the hacking of the people just walking down the street was um, expanded a little bit by the ability to actually recruit them as a possible um, part of your legion, part of your, your dead sec group, but also the ability to play as them in the game. Um, And, you know, some of these characters would come with their own unique talents and perks and abilities that would help you in certain situations. Um, I think I remember when we talked about it, Derek and I kind of had a little bit of a lesser experience with this because we had the Ultimate Editions, which gave you some pretty high level characters right out of the gate um so the necessity to go and try and recruit some people with special talents wasn't as um necessary for us uh but we did end up still having a good time with it i still had a good time with it i think it was a really great open world that they made uh they made it um like the oppressed streets of london made it they felt um legitimate they felt real uh and the story had in in my opinion anyway some um tonal shifts that i didn't really uh agree with completely but um overall i thought it was it was a pretty good story um i guess i'll let you guys talk a little bit about it lee i think you had it um pretty high on your list so why don't you kick off with what um what your favorite parts of this game was yeah i, I did enjoy it it does help 
that kind of it's set and you know it's in my it's in my kind of vicinity of the world my manner if you will if we're gonna yeah you're in this game just London say it thing. just say it lee you're in this i'm game. in it i'm yeah. in it i've got a glowing crown it's brilliant yeah it, um, like behind your head it's weird but especially, yeah. for, especially for stealth yeah we're really glowing really beaming but i yeah. think the thing that i liked most about this uh, for all the things it does as new and there was some quite, quite cool things they did the recruitment stuff this mm-hmm. feels like it's taken the this, this subgenre this open world subgenre right back to kind of early days of gta or mid days of gta it just kind of it, it's lost a lot of the fat that seems to be on the more recent ones like your more bloated open world urban games, if you will. Um, what was that? Um, I, I, I like that it's taken it back to kind of a simpler type, a more fun time, maybe, maybe a little less realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, zooming around on like floating, floating, <laughs> floating floors and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, just it was actually the little twitch, the twist that just takes a lot of the. But maybe the more serious edge of how they treat these games now. Um, yeah. It just makes it a little bit more anarchic and, and inventive. Um, they finally got it. Uh, Watch Dogs finally got the idea of how it is. If they can make the story meet, meet in the middle a little bit more, maybe. But um, mm-hmm. I don't think the story is... I, had much, I didn't really care about the story when I was having fun just messing around in the city, taking it any way I wanted to. So... No, I, I did yeah. this one. Yeah, I, I guess that was probably the big split here is that if you focused on the story, you know, the story was the story, but it didn't really make a whole lot of sense in the hijinks you were doing outside of the story. Um, yeah. You're just, because you could just kind of really, really just screw around in this game. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not really have too many repercussions because it's pretty easy to get away from the cops and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, Derek. What would what um what would you like to add? Um, I enjoyed about how much we got yelled at by Lee for talking about the Ferris wheel. Get yeah, the, the big Ferris wheel. <laughs> yep. Get that was a, that was a cool mission when you had to defend uh, the big Ferris wheel. The, the big Ferris wheel. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Really yeah. big, isn't it? That Ferris wheel. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> big Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's right there okay. in the middle. It's right there uh, in the middle of the city, too. Yeah. Don't fuck with no, <laughs> Love you, Lee. But, okay, so <laughs> out of all seriousness, um, it was a lot of fun to play. You know, you guys described, you know, we could go in and do different things. There's plenty of different approaches you could take to doing these different missions. Um, yeah, I kind of ended up using the same couple of people because of having the ultimate edition of the game. Mm-hmm. Um. So at some point I might do another playthrough again and like not use those people at all and kind of see how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a ton of fun just going around trying to do the missions. Um, as I mentioned, I was always flying around on a cargo drone trying to see what missions I could fully do like solely on that. Yeah. I don't think I hardly ever used the vehicle. I would just hop into there mm-hmm. and just fly everywhere, see where I could drop into, you know, as you were going places, some of like the small little mini events, you just like stand on there, switch to your regular mode where you're not controlling that, shoot a couple stealth shots down there, take out your guy and be on your way. Yeah. yeah, That's, that's the kind of stuff that's like kind of goes against the 
oppressive nature of the story where you can just kind mm-hmm. of do that and have nothing happen to you. <laughs> yeah. And and the other thing too was um this was the first game I played between generations. I played the PlayStation 4 version. Mm-hmm about halfway through and then for the second half of the game till the end i had played it on the playstation 5 mm-hmm. um you know you could see the difference between the two they both handled really well um the playstation 5 version looked great with all the extra effects that it had bringing it closer to like that pc type of look that you'd get from a game mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just a lot of fun to play you know it could be nutty at times it could be serious you know you could kind of just do whatever you want um the system that they had in place for like the recruitment and the game remembering decisions you made or who you took out or who you didn't and how it'll like affect you later on or one of your people might get nabbed because of a decision you made. I thought that was really cool and it kind of it you know worked out well in the game. It was pretty impressive on the execution of the new things they were trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it was uh, overall a pretty solid game. Um, and uh, apparently our game of the year. <laughs> what? What the hell? <laughs> uh, big big upset. Um, I thought for sure it was gonna be Bug Snacks. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> you know what? I thought one of the list that said Rugrats, and I was hoping it was that. I no. tried to block. I said I just tried to block Bug Bug Snacks out. No, no, it says Ooh. Bug Snacks. So Jeez. yes, we're 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 gone into November here, so we're in the twilight of 2020, uh, and this game I added to my list here, kind of at the end, um, Bug Snacks, uh, and this game I had played when it first came out, and I did a little stream on it, and I enjoyed it enough, um, but I didn't go back to it until. Um, actually this past week because i wanted to um you know revisit it for uh i revisited a couple games here to see if they would come up on my list and this game um climbed the ranks pretty quickly so this is uh it's it has elements of say like pokemon snap where you're taking pictures of these creatures called bug snacks and they all have different kinds of attributes. They um, uh, they are all based on different kinds of food. So like french fries and hamburgers, hot dogs, um, candy and ice cream, all sorts of different stuff. And they all have goofy, silly names that are associated with those foods. Um, but unlike Pokemon Snap, you're then also tasked with catching these bugs. Um, and that's where most of the gameplay comes in, trying to figure out how to use all of your different traps and lures to um, uh, actually capture these bugs. And ultimately what you end up doing is usually feeding them to one of the other characters on this island you're on. And as you feed them these bug snacks... They transform the character's limbs and facial features into the um, elements of the bug snack. So um, you'll feed them a strabby, which is like a strawberry with legs, and their their hand will turn into a giant strawberry. 
Um, and that's kind of the, like I said, the gameplay of the game. The story of the game is actually where um, the game started really hitting for me, which is in... So there's like this mystery of the island that you're trying to figure out. Um, you're trying to find somebody on this island. And in doing so, you have to interview and help out all of these characters that um, are on the island. And they're all... Um, they all start out as kind of like caricatures of types of characters. Like you have the um, the big buff um, bro dude guy that uh, is, you know, always lifting weights and talking about, um, it, you know, how, uh, how big his muscles are and stuff like that. Um, you have the, like, um, washed up uh, singer songwriter that is trying to you know get her second big hit um written but is having a hard time doing it um and you know like i said they start out as characters but as you actually start doing things for them and start talking to them more and um listening to their problems why they came to the island what they were trying to escape what they hope to find you actually start to find that they're like a little bit more deeper than that like the dude bro guy is like an actual legitimate um like cares for his uh the his his best friend and um is just trying to do the best he can with um kind of the limited skill set that he has because he's not exactly like the smartest person in the world and is kind of dealing with the hand that he was dealt um, and it's just little things like that, that, um, help to kind of, uh, separate it a little bit from the silliness of the gameplay and the puzzles and the actual bug snacks and kind of ground it a little bit in, um, some actual real character building and stuff like that. Um, I think if you can get past the kind of dad humor puns and turns of phrase and just kind of goofy silly names that everything has if you can get past that i think there's um kind of a fun uh puzzle game narrative puzzle game to have here because you know some of the snacks they do uh a good job of making you use your whole arsenal of traps and snares and stuff like that to figure out how to um, capture some of these more elusive bug snacks. Um, and yeah, I haven't quite finished it yet. It's another one where I'm like right at the very end and um, I just have this feeling that um, it's going to wrap up pretty good because the whole thing has been about this mystery of um that you're trying to solve and unravel and um i think based on the writing so far and um how they've uh you know kind of built out the world and stuff like that i think it's probably going to have a pretty good ending um but yeah I'm, i kind of dove into this and just kind of played it non-stop for uh, a couple of days um, because that's how uh, much it grabbed me. So, um, uh, 
So Lee, I can't um, lie. You've, you've <laughs> just explained that, and it sounds like so you eat bits of creatures and then they appear on your body. Um, I don't. The you right. you you catch them and you feed them to the other characters on the island. And then they take on the appearance of bits of their body of the. What um, nightmare fuel have you been playing? What body <laughs> horror? It sounds like Pixar, directed by David Cronenberg. Yeah, it's, you, that's what, pretty what accurate. You... Yeah, that's a pretty accurate yeah. description of it. Um, so that's game of the year. Jesus. No, Christ. I mean it's it's definitely played as, um, hey, this is kind of weird and messed up. <laughs> it isn't like. Uh, it doesn't sugarcoat it. What's that? It doesn't sugarcoat it. It's like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, no, it's it's like, yeah, this is what they're doing, and it's weird, and it's messed up, and um, it's probably not going to end well, but um, here we are. <laughs> it's giving me night sweats just thinking about it. Can we move on? Uh, sure. Um, on the same day, apparently, uh, <laughs> Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales came out. Um, hmm. Yeah, because that would have been the... They, the PlayStation 5 came out. Um, yeah, released it, yeah. Because Snacks was a launch title as well. Um, maybe not quite as popular as Miles Morales, but maybe it should have been. Um, do you eat anything in Miles Morales that transforms your body into something else? No, I don't think so. No, no, um, I don't think... Well, yeah, you're right. What, 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 yeah. was, I, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, that swayed me. Uh, so Lee, you had this on your list. Um, what yeah. was it about Miles Morales that stood out and uh, made you want to put it on your top list? Took all the things out of the original one, which was fun, but a little bit bloated, a little bit stretched out, a little bit, of, lot, lot of filler within the side stuff. Condensed mm-hmm. it, shrunk it down. This is kind of, kind of a a, a a maxi expansion, I guess. It's quite big. It's not quite DLC. Uh, but it's not quite a full game. Um, but it did just condense it down with, uh, without affecting the story too much um, and the characters too much. It didn't really, you didn't feel they was condensed. Just made it a tighter experience. The combat was upped nicely um, with a little bit kind of extra power and stuff. So it took the repetition out of that. Um, just a really well crafted game. Um, really, really well kind of implemented on the PS4, considering. It looks like it's kind of built, like been beefed up for PS5. I don't feel feel like I've missed out on much by playing it on PS4. But um, yeah, it's just it's just a slicker kind of tighter experience. Um, if you like the first one, then this is kind of um, tickle your pickle. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out there now. Did you, did you eat a bug snack it. over there? Um, that's not a pickle, but uh, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pickle bug snack. Don't tell uh, me. I wonder where that'll appear. Um, your nose. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yes, yes, yes. My nose. Yeah. Yes. Fucking hell! The wolves are coming up again. All right. So, is there anything else you, you want to talk every about? Year and it falls apart. Miles Morales. Yeah, it's all right. All right, cool. Um, Also, in November, we had uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla that came out. Um, What this fucking thing? Me and Derek 
uh, had it on our list. Uh, and we kind of just recently talked about that. So um, I'll just go over it a little bit. Um, this is, I think, probably the best the series has been in in the last probably three entries. This is like the end of their trilogy um, where they have kind of reworked the formula um, quite a bit from, from the previous games. Um, and yeah, you're just a, a Viking uh, sailing around and kind of pillaging uh, medieval or Dark Ages uh, England. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's a, it's a beautiful game. Uh, they nail the Viking look and feeling of like, you know, coming from Scandinavia over to, you know, this lush green, colorful, uh, you know, shores of, shores of England. Um, and yeah, Ivar's star, Ivar, the, the main character, he or she's she's story is a uh, pretty interesting um you're kind of like going in and out of these bigger story beats where you're not really the main person here you're more of like the pulling strings in the shadows while somebody else ends up like on the throne of a kingdom um and, and stuff like that so yeah i haven't certainly haven't completed it yet uh, it's a very long game, uh, but <laughs> I look forward to, you know, really diving in and, and cleaning it out here and there along the way, because that's usually how I play these uh, these latest Assassin's Creed games, because they are big, and you can kind of get a chunk of story out of them um, in a few hours, and then you know, take a break and then come back and get another big chunk of story out of it. Um, they're, they're kind of paced really well that way. Um, you have anything you want to mm -hmm. add there, Derek? You pretty much nailed it. Um, I just enjoyed the fact that I could come into this one. Yeah, it's an Assassin's Creed game, but it doesn't penalize you as much as the other ones have for not going full stealth all the time like mm -hmm. i can play like a viking i can go in there and fuck some people up or i can go in kind of stealth and do my thing that way too mm -hmm. um and it's kind of balanced pretty well i just like like you said it's a beautiful game um the environments are amazing um again this is another one that i started playing on the playstation 4 for release so i can do that stream out for everybody and then you know i think a couple days later switched over to the playstation 5 version um, and it just played really well. Uh, pretty solid package out of the gate. And yeah, it was actually has me enjoying like Assassin's Creed again. Cause I, I skipped the last one because I really just don't care about room. Mm -hmm. um, but I did play Origins and I liked I liked the direction they're heading. And then, like you said, I think they just kind of like fine tuned where they wanted it to be in this one. Yeah. Odyssey was a. Well, it was an odyssey. <laughs> it was it was it was massive and it never felt like it had a um grounding to it. Uh but this does. This has like a base that you're building out, um as well as being very big too. So um you can you can get a, a lot of it's a lot of game for your buck, let's say. Um you definitely feel more like invested in the game. As far as, you know, just playing it through to get the story. Yeah. Um, all right. So 
here at the end of November, you, Derek, also have uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Uh, do you want to dive into that and talk a little bit about it? Yeah. Um, so, as we know, everybody knows World of Warcraft. Um, what but is the reason the reason Shadowlands hit my list is because it's their newest expansion. And, you know, each expansion that's come to this game is like a full game's worth of content, if not more, and last a very decent amount of time between updates and seasons and, you know, slowly adding in more story and events to it. Um, this kind of like with with this coming out, it brought me back to playing World of Warcraft, whereas the past couple, I kind of, like, you know, just dove in, got the story and then I was done with it. But this had me back. I have a group of friends that plays it. We were on like every single day getting ready for it. As soon as it released, we were all on as much as we could. And it was a lot of fun because they also revamped the leveling system. So instead of, you know, going from being a level 120 to now, all right, you're going to be a level 130. They're going to do their thing where they just keep adding 10 levels each time. They reworked the whole system and brought you back down to level 50 before they started. So the new grind for leveling was 50 to 60. Um, and they did a really good job implementing it and reworking everything. And it was just it was just a lot of fun to come back to this, to be leveling, to, you know, we're on a PvP server. So we have war mode on. So we were, you know, killing the Horks or Alliance this time around. And... Um, it was just a lot of fun, you know, questing again, you know, killing the horde, just sitting around doing that, or going out to help people. And also, the story with this one was more immersive than it's been before. There's a lot more talking with characters, a lot more cutscenes, and you're a lot more involved in what is going on. So it's just, it was just a really nice return to the series. All right, cool. Uh, so we're going to kick off December with Lee and John Wick Hex, which he hasn't talked about yet on the cast. So what was so special about this game that you had to get it on your list, Lee? Um, just kind of it subverted expectations. I, I like licensed stuff anyway. Um, but kind of Lionsgate are doing interesting things. Sometimes they don't always work. They're doing interesting things with their licenses, but they try and kind of go a little bit further than your usual kind of, oh, this is a license thing. We'll just do a genre thing. This is kind of, um, on the surface, it looks a little kind of XCOM-y, but it's kind of more like kind of, it's more like kind of combat chess. This is mm -hmm. a very strange game. So obviously you're the titular John Hex. Um, John Wick. Uh, John, Wick, John, John Wick, indeed. I'm thinking Jonah Hex. <laughs> yeah. Another character. Different game, Jesus different Christ. character. I so don't want a Jonah Hex game. No. Um, and so it works on a kind of a, 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 a hex system, not quite grid-based, hex-based, mm -hmm. kind of four to six points. And as I say, although it looks more like a... Um, a, a, an XCOM, it's more like an isometric super hot. Um, mm -hmm. The way you do your moves is based along. Imagine you have a, a move to take a certain amount of time and your moves move along the bar at the top of the screen, almost like video editing software. So you have a certain amount of chunk 
do mm-hmm. your moves, make your plans in, and they move as you're moving with it. So kind of, it's not turn-based at all. They they, they play while you play. Um, and it's got a really good juggle of combat. Um, it keeps you on your toes a lot. It's uh, It has a, a strange fog of war type thing. So you can only see certain amounts of the screen at any one time until you're in that point. So it's it's very difficult. You need to be really in the moment. Mm-hmm. It works with the concept of the. You, do you know John John Wick films? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's yeah um, he's like the him? yeah the mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, he is a mass murderer, but yeah. kind of it's not. It's kind of it works on the idea that he's always he's always three moves ahead of everybody else, much like it's, rather than it's kind of. It'd be easier to do his game as a, a combo type game, like a bayonetta type game or something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's just like, oh, look at him! But it's kind of it's that planning ahead, um, even to the point where you could do takedowns and you could drop the people in a certain space within your hex mm-hmm. uh, to make sure. But you also got to bear in mind of what's coming at certain other angles from you because if you're dropping it on one side, it gives you a disadvantage. So it's really granular with kind of what you do. It's not just simple as point at the guy and shoot. Yeah, it's not as it's not as easy. It's not as simple as that. It's it's quite complex and interesting. Um, yeah, the the, the comparison to Super Hot was what I got out of this when I saw like videos of it and stuff like that. Um, except yeah. this is like a isometric top down view. Um, yeah, and like like you said, you know, even though you move, so is everybody else. So you can predict where they're going to be to a certain extent. But you don't know hundred uh, percent until, um, you know, you know they may shoot or they may uh, throw Ooh. something at you, and then you have a little bit of time to react to that, but not as much time as you had when, say, they were, you know, all the way across the room and you were trying to set up your your move or whatever. Um, There's a read in the room as well because you can uh, you can throw your gun like a projectile to mm-hmm. kind of stun them. Um, and obviously making sure there's, there's drop weapons around you can roll in. But, yeah, it's it's a really cool juggle. Uh, but so it's not perfect because they do a playback thing, so you can feel like the badass John Wick that you are. Mm-hmm. But it's very choppy because it kind of stops starts when you stop and started in your moves. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't flow like you want it to, so you don't feel... You feel more like a badass when you're playing than you do when you're watching the playback <laughs> of you being yeah. a badass. So that's a little bit unfortunate. I wish they could have tightened that up, but there's something really satisfying about it and just kind of eminently replayable between, you know, over the levels again, trying to refine that and get more stylish with the way you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always interesting because the AI is pretty good, to be honest, but if you're not careful, they will absolutely decimate you. And it's not kind of, not not exactly passed. Um, they kind of, they can definitely kind of... Um, plan around you so it's kind of it's a really cool little juggle it's just a really fun little thing at the end of the year that i really kind of really got into probably on the lower end of my top 10 mm-hmm. but um it, it's definitely piqued my interest more than a lot of the licensed stuff this year yeah well yeah, yeah. speaking of licensed stuff this year <laughs> jesus um we'll get there we'll get there all right so um here we are at the end of 2020 um, and we're wrapping it up with the game of 
the game of the year 2020, like not the game of the year specifically, but the game that dominated the year, at least in conversation. Um, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, and Derek and Lee, you both had this on your list. Um, and we haven't covered this game yet, so uh, we're going to take a little <laughs> bit of time to, um, you know, dive into it. Um, this was so. This is also appearing on my most disappointing list, so I'm going to add my little bit into it here as well, um, and just kind of chunk it all into one um, cyberpunk talk. On, and I guess I'll let. Lee, I'll let you start because it was your number one on your list. Um, tell me, tell me about the cyberpunk. Why is it number one on your list? It just hooked me. This one, um, I have obviously the, the, we understand what's happened. We don't need to go over it. We've we've kind of dodged one like bullet, bullet time in the Matrix, but we yeah. know what's gone on. Um, I have played it on a relatively stable experience. So I, I played it on a Series X. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any crashes. I had the occasional funky T-pose. Mostly I didn't have my immersion broken. Um, I got a game that... No, it's, 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 it's not much different, I guess, in a weird way from how Bethesda would do a game like this. Um mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but then I didn't expect it to because essentially it's kind of eight years old. It was never going to reinvent. It wasn't never going to redefine what how to do these sort of games in twenty twenty when the core is fairly old. So you know you're going to get a certain experience. I knew I was going to get a certain experience going in, and I got it really. I, I like spending time in it. The story. I love the story. The story is superb. Um, the 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 acting it's super. You know the the whole thing about it. When um, you're doing the RPG talking stuff, it feels more alive than most of the things that are around these days. Um, kind of when you're interacting, um, it's just well performed. Um, I like the the combat loop; that really opens up nicely. At first, I found it quite stiff the combat in this, um, but once you get into the granular nature of the upgrades, and you can just really tinker with the gunplay and stuff like that, and the the melee is probably a little bit weaker. Um, but once I started really tinkering with the gunplay and getting into the like the um, the the sub menus of how you mess about with that, I just really got into it. I just really got into the atmosphere. Um, I like spending time in the city. I feel like you feel like you could smell the city. I just like spending time there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you can't engage with people as much as you would like to as NPCs on the street. But it, it still feels alive the way they mill around. I mean, I probably wouldn't talk to people in the street anyway because I'm an anti-social mm-hmm. fucker. But, um, you know, the way they interact, you see them interacting in their little corners, it just makes it feel buzzing like I've not feel like I've not felt in games like this before, to be fair. Um, kind of because it's always stiff. It may be a Fallout or a, or a the Skyrim or something like that, something of that level. Um yeah, you know, I wanted. To, I love cyberpunk stuff. I, I'm a real big William Gibson fan, and this gave me what I wanted. Um, doesn't reinvent the wheel, but I just had such fun, such fun in this. Uh, I've not finished it yet. I'm looking forward to going through in the other two classes, and I'm probably going to do that as soon as I finish it. To be honest with you. 
But no, I just really dug this one. Mm-hmm. All right, Derek. What would you like to say? Okay, the, I kind of add on with, like, you know, I think Lee hit a lot of things, like, on the point. Like, we knew what we were coming into. We knew what kind of experience we were going to have. Um, aside from all the controversial parts of it, um, again, I had a pretty good experience with the game as well. I had maybe two crashes playing it on the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had one of the glitches happen where a uh, quest went proceed because the character got stuck somewhere but all i did was reload and their quick save system kind of is pretty close to where you're at so i didn't lose out on much but at the same time being able to go back through that same area a second time had me play it completely different than i did the first time and i really like that Mm -hmm. um but on top of that it was just it's been a fun experience like it hooked me i've been playing it a lot i've been doing a lot of the side stuff like i've barely scratched like the main story I'm maybe about halfway on that, but I've got a couple sectors cleared out completely. I've done a ton of stuff out in the Badlands. Uh, I've been collecting weapons and stuff like that. We actually had a stream where I got the bike that's based after the one from the anime Akira. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was pretty cool, too, because we actually got it right away. So we had a, a bunch of time on stream just to screw around and see what it was like driving around on that. Because I think, personally, the motorcycles handle the best in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd probably say my one gripe about it would be the car handling. They're just very, very loose and squirrely. Mm-hmm. It's not um, very satisfying in first person, either. It feels no. like the other, the other side of your car, the passenger side of your car, it feels about five foot wide. Mm-hmm. It feels way too wide, and it just doesn't feel satisfying at all when you're in first person. Third person, you're not so bad. Yeah. yeah. And then, but like, yeah. And then with that as well, like, just, it's a game based off a tabletop RPG. That's where the basis of it comes from. That's where a lot of the stories that are being told and the characters like Johnny Silverhands and all come from is they're all written out in that kind of, you know, it's cyberpunk, but it's in that D&D role-playing dice-style uh, game. Um, so it was really cool to see that brought to life. And I thought they did a really good job, because we figured that it would be that kind of, you know, Bethesda-style type Fallout-ish feel to the game. But they took out the survival elements. Like, you don't need to be eating or relying on water in this so it just made it a lot more enjoyable to play that kind of experience without having to worry about those things. And it's just, it's a fun world to be in. A lot of the side stories are a lot of fun. The characters you meet that are like fully scripted. Um, and there's even been some zany things. I picked up a fucking gun that talks to you and it had its own little story. <laughs> and, you know, Does Fallout need water and food? Uh, you need to keep your reds down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was like it. the rads and stuff like that. But like the the survival, the hardcore like survival aspects of that were like kind of taken out. Did it stick closely to the to the the tabletop lore stuff? Did it kind of nail that? Um, from the little bits I've been seeing, because I've been really trying to get a hold of the actual book that it's based on. But ever yeah. since it was announced, the prices of it have like skyrocketed. I've seen it for as much as like a hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus Christ. When those type of books normally go for 20 to 40, depending on like how much content's in them. 
Um, but from what I've heard, the story's been, you know, close, and it was interesting to see, like, how they'd bring it to life, and then how they'll be able to expand it, because, you know, on the other, the flip side of that, tabletop RPGs are set up to where we can also expand on those stories in our own way. Oh, maybe get a reprint. Hopefully the page doesn't fall out and people ask for a refund. But... <laughs> yeah, so... So this the cyberpunk tabletop game is cyberpunk twenty twenty, um, so we're we're like, and and the game um, deals with that. So it's more of a um, story wise, it's more of a continuation of that story rather than like a retelling of it or something like that. Um, so this is like eighty years forward, right and or 50 years, 50, 57, 50 years, yeah. yeah, 57 <laughs> years forward. Um, and there's a lot of references to that and like, you know, v- um, Victor at the beginning talking about how old he is and um, references to how long ago Johnny Silverhands, you know, was his his crazy self and stuff like that. Um, mm. And so, so, yeah, in terms of like... Um, it's like at least as far as I know from the little bits of that um, original story, um, it just kind of continue as a continuation of a lot of what um, like the characters and the um, narrative beats of that you know twenty twenty world, and um, that is kind of like it's kind of in specifically in that aspect um, is kind of like a mixed bag for me because I feel like they didn't really, in my opinion, didn't go far enough in like the future tech stuff. Um, it it feels like, you know, we're we're dealing with a world that has some cool future stuff, but a lot of it doesn't feel like it's too far ahead of what we like have today. Um, obviously, there's like the neon signs and everything looks different, but um, you know, it, it's based in a lore in a world that, you know, was written back in the, like the, the early 1980s. So the idea of even like a cell phone, um, or a smartphone in that world is, is, isn't really, um, uh, wasn't really something that was considered. So I, don't know, I just felt like a lot of the tech that was, was presented in that um, didn't really feel like it was 2077. It felt more like it was like maybe 2030 or 2037 or something like that. Like not super, um, super forward in, in, in tech and stuff like that. Um, so, so what you're saying is you think dildo technology would be much more advanced by 2077? Probably. I mean, <laughs> You know, people talking about dildos, and I didn't find too many dildos in the game. Um, They're everywhere. I I haven't. I I just haven't noticed them. I don't know. They're like I've seen them in like where they're supposed to be. Like there was like the the sex shops and the um the uh you go to this place where you have you you live out your fantasies and stuff like that. They were there. And stuff like that, but I haven't noticed them in like places where they shouldn't be. I guess I should say. You'll find the next to a carton of milk. 
normally. They're just sitting on the floor. They sit behind a the dumpster. They sit, you know, on the pavement. And, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just didn't. What I, what I am noticing is how many of those little lore things that are those story things that those little chips you pull out and don't read yeah. because yeah, there's, I read those one day. <laughs> there's like five of them in every room, and each one's like, you know, three pages long, and it's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? What a waste of yeah. time. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. As far as my from my perspective on terms of glitches and stuff like that, I have come across a lot of them in my time and I've been playing on PC. Um, and you know, they, they range from like the T posing and just like, you know, animations, not, um, like glitching out and, um, you know, physics kind of getting wonky, which isn't too bad, but there've been other ones where like, I grab a guy to do a stealth kill and like he disappears, but the game still registers that I've got my hands around his neck. So I'm like moving around and he's moving around with me, but I can't really see the body cause it's like flickering in and out of my view. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you're trying to do stealth and shit like that, that's, you know, that's fucked up. You can't, you're not gonna, mm-hmm. um, that's going to end up being a, uh, you know, once it finally clears itself up, um, I just ended up having to shoot him because he obviously knew I was there. Um, yeah. And uh, I have, I, it seems like, um, well, I, I shared that um, video of Pan Am where she shot her, this was a story mission, uh, yeah. shot the rocket, and she didn't have the rocket launcher in her hand. Um, it just... Oh came out of thin it like the rocket launched out of thin air and then when she got back into the car the rocket launcher then appeared so like it was like reversed and where it was supposed to be the asset was supposed to load in so she was driving with this giant rocket launcher as an arm basically Mm -hmm. um so there's 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 stuff like that um that is a treat for you um i have one the one I did have was in an interactive cutscene. It's the last scene you see Jackie. So mm-hmm. without spoilers, you sort of know what that means. And he's sitting in the car and he tries to take a chip out the back of his head. Yeah. Uh, it's holding his gun when he does it. And the, the, the model of the gun gets stuck inside Jackie's head. Um, and then stays there as he takes the chip out. So kind of I'm looking at this emotional scene of him with this kind of... <laughs> this the, gun stuck like in his the head. The handle of a gun. Yeah, and the yeah. other, like the barrel sticking out of his other ear as he, he gently ebbs away into nothingness. I think that's um, a, I think that's also an advertisement in the game. For? <laughs> Shooting yourself in the head, because there's one for that in the game. Oh. Like a billboard. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so... That was pretty immersion breaking, but yeah. Yeah, and that and that's what those those bigger pro, those bigger glitches are really a problem for me when they happen, especially in the story sequences. Um, yeah, you know, open world stuff is open world stuff. Um, it it is what it is. But when you have like you know scripted, basically scripted cutscenes where these these issues are happening, that it starts to kind of hmm. wear thin. Um, and like yeah no those are the ones i just remember there there's definitely like um you know just just silly moments where like a character is supposed to sit down 
and you know they they like slowly rise up from the seat as they're sitting you know <laughs> shit shit yeah. physics shit like that um I had, yeah i had my car fly in when i summoned it well that's that's that's, that's pretty convenient because sometimes the car gets stuck behind like 300 cars of traffic mm-hmm. Oh, that <laughs> you've yeah. had it where like your cars like when you go to buy a car it's like sitting kind of in the ground like you see the tires below like the pavement and then when you buy it it just kind of like pops up to where it should be yeah i saw you share that picture uh no i, I don't think i've actually bought a car like that in the game yeah. um yeah. the only ones i have are the ones that have been given to me uh but uh, eventually i will i'm sure um and i'll and i'll check that out see if it's like yeah because like it looked like it was on cinder blocks <laughs> yeah and then it and then it popped up um yeah so i guess on top of the 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 glitches and stuff which you know obviously a lot of that's going to be eventually um patched out oh. it would have been nice to have it not launch like that but um yeah. you know that it is what it is at this point Ooh. um I guess to kind of talk about what Lee had talked about, where it was, uh, he he did his comparisons to Fallout, um, and that it it feels like an older game, and I guess that's probably my biggest disappointment, um, being the follow up to The Witcher Three, that um, this is, because The Witcher Three like kind of reinvented open worlds for you know the last um, open world RPGs for the last you know five years or so. Um, you know, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we had talked about is very much, has, has very much been following in those footsteps created by the Witcher three since, since that game came out. Um, and to have this come out and like really right from the gate feel like one of those Bethesda RPGs, um, in terms of like like the way you interact with characters, the way you um, level up even and choose your, uh, like, it, I mean, it, it literally start. which I know this is a just a general RPG thing, but the way it starts with, they pretty much could have just called that the special skills that you select at the beginning of that game. They're in character creator. That's how much that felt like um, that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even the character creator, I didn't think was that great. Like there wasn't a whole lot of options there to really create a character that looks like um, looks unique. You know, there it was all just like preset faces and hair and um, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and then like the you know the structure of it of like you know you have your main quests and your side quests and um, they don't really they they rarely interact with each other it doesn't feel like this world kind of like meshes with like everything feels very separate and discreet as opposed to um you know meshing with each other so like you go and you kill a bunch of you know tiger claws people but then the head of the tiger claws that that um woman that that old woman will just be like hey how you doing what's going on like you didn't just kill a whole bunch of her um cronies you know what i mean um and then lee when you were talking about you know not being able to interact with 
people on the street and stuff like that. Um, mm. You know, that's fine. Like, I, you, I don't really need that if all it's, if it's not going to be something elaborate, like some sort of mm. like I'm going to get a quest from them or um, mm. there's going to be some sort of extended conversation. Uh, but mm. why even put in the prompt then? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, why, why even have it come up? Like, press X or press A to talk to this person. If all it's going to be is a canned, like, you know, hey, or get out of my way, or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. But I think I just appreciate the texture of it more than I did. Kind of. But uh, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And then probably the last thing I'll say is. Um, back to my little comment about Derek and his car get flying in. Um, the vehicles and the the NPC vehicles in this game um, have no uh, pathing to them. Um, and what I mean by that yeah. is, if you park your car in the middle of the street, you're going mm. to get a never-ending line of cars lined up behind you. They're never going to drive around your car um they're just going to keep lining up forever it's because there's no ai on the car they just have a, a set path and if there's something in front of them they stop and they never do anything um like this is this is something that's been in like grand theft auto since probably vice city or san andreas where the cars will react to um what you're doing in the middle of the street uh, they'll drive around your parked car. They'll honk their horn. They'll they'll do all sorts of different kinds of stuff. They'll go crazy and drive up onto the sidewalk and um, blow past you if you pull out a gun or something like that. Um, mm. And that's just not here in this game. And it's it's obviously something that will maybe get added in later, but mm. it's um, it's kind of like when you're walking around that street when you're walking around those streets and the people are just kind of walking in a straight line not really paying attention to you same thing with the cars um like if i go up to a food vendor who well not it's not actually a vendor but somebody who's sitting in front of you know he's cooking something on a barrel in the in on the sidewalk and i talk to him um, he doesn't say anything different other than what the other characters say. So it doesn't really feel like, uh, like there's no point in him having that, those, that, that food in front of him and stuff like that. It just feels like a very sterile world that doesn't really have too much interaction at, in it besides the points of interest that are, um, added to your map as you go along. Um, mm. I've got to admit, there's, there's something that is disappointing where you talked about the AI in the cars. But um, all of those cool-looking um, car combat sequences almost completely can't. That's disappointing. I don't feel like I've got much interactivity in those. You just feel like yeah. a rail shooter. That is very disappointing. Yeah, you yeah. Fire you a know, shot and somebody's going to crash at the same spot and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, like like the, that, the opening to the Nomad. Um, yeah nomad scene is you know i i played through that probably six times uh, so i know exactly how that scenario plays out yeah. um but and that, that's He's because i, I went into that building yeah and that's because i went back and i played i played this game on pre-patch original xbox one um Please patched 
patched Xbox One, day one patch Xbox One, Xbox One X, and um, uh, PC, and I did the Nomad start for all of them just so I could get a, um, like a comparison, like a direct one-to-one comparison. Um, yeah. And boy, that game on that disc is real, real bad. Uh, I can't, I can't believe that they put that, they they printed those discs because that's uh that it's kind of unbelievable. Um, I didn't uh, put up that video yet, but uh, I'm not no. sure. If, I I still kind of want to, as just like especially that um, pre-patched OG Xbox One because there's like wasn't well, you those screenshots of the the shadows not having arms on them, um, and cool. there's like a in the nomad start there's a helicopter that flies in at the checkpoint um you know it's a scripted thing it's 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 just a helicopter that's like a set dressing kind of thing and like there's no blades on it it just it's just the fuselage of the helicopter flying in and there's no actual blades moving on it or blades at all um in it in it like the the like the constant frame rate is like 25 frames per second. It's like, it doesn't even, it's not even hitting 30 consistently. It's like, it's locked at something lower than that. Um, so it's like a, basically a slideshow that you're playing. Um, it's crazy. Um, and and even the, even the patched version, I still had tons of like, like, you know, that, that game starts with you looking into a mirror um, in the, in the mechanic shop and, um, like the image of the mirror, my character had just a tank top on. And then when she looks down to look at the, she like tears the patch of her Baker's, um, nomad clan patch off all of a sudden, all of this, like her jacket, her goggles, the patch, all of this stuff loaded in that wasn't there when I was looking in the mirror. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of, and, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff like that. Like I had this weird bug where every time I looked in the mirror, I had no clothes on just every time I, I like, I'd go into my inventory, I'd put clothes on and then I'd look in the mirror and I'd just be naked. Some might see that as a feature, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like the uh, the the dicks point poking out of the pants. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they at least get it up to a point where um, you can you can get through most of it without having some of these um, immersion breaking bugs and stuff. Uh, mm. But yeah, um, all right. That's uh, I guess that'll do it for Cyberpunk. Um, and that's gonna do it for our main list of 2020 games of the year. Um, I just want to throw in two honorable mentions before we close it out. Um, these are two games that I played at the end of the year and didn't really get enough time or finish them to say whether or not they'd rank on my full list. Um, one of them is Ghost Runner, which is another cyberpunk kind of game where you're a uh, cyber ninja first-person game where you're going through this um, 
cyber, I mean, um, well, yeah, cyberpunk future, like mega complex, kind of like, uh, you know, the, the mega, um, the, the, those, those mega apartment buildings and like dread and stuff like that. Um, and you're just slicing up a whole bunch of people. It's all about, um, kind of like doom combat puzzles where you go into a area and you have to execute all of the, um, the enemies, uh, quickly and effectively, um, not stealthily. There's no stealth in it. It's, it's very much, you're just trying to dodge and jump and catch, um, catch the enemies off guard as much as possible. Um, and it's just, it's super fast, like instant restart. If you get hit, you only can get hit once. You only have one shot you can get hit by. And they got like, you know, laser guns and stuff like that. So they're, they're shooting at you. Um, and it's just, it's, it's extremely difficult, um, kinetic, very fast paced, looks really amazing. Like the, the, um, all of the, um, uh, like, like the world that they create looks really great. Um, really great cyberpunk, like, uh, um, cyberpunk soundtrack. Um, it just, I didn't play enough of it. I played like about an hour or so on stream. That was the first time I had played it and I enjoyed it, but, um, I'd really want to put more time into it before I'd say it's like a top game of the year for me. Um, mm. And another one is uh, Call of the Sea. This is a another kind of indie walking simulator slash puzzle game where uh, you're exploring a tropical island looking for your husband who's gone missing. And you're just solving some pretty simple puzzles. It's not really super challenging. Um, kind of like got some mist vibes to it where you're finding different... Um, pieces of a puzzle and then bring them to somewhere else and putting them into the right spot. Um, the story is definitely has some, uh, Lovecraft stuff going on in it. There's like, uh, uh, and there's like old gods and, um, like, uh, a race of ancient fish people. So, um, it's got all that kind of stuff going on, but I haven't quite finished it yet. So I don't know how the story wraps up. Um, but it's a good, it's, it's, it's pretty, seems pretty short. Like, I think there's only like six, maybe seven chapters in it. And each chapter is about an hour long, depending on how long it takes you to complete the puzzles. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's good. That's also, that game's also on a game pass. So if you have game pass, you can check that out. Seems uh, lighter than your usual Lovecraft inspired game. Yes. It isn't like. Yeah, it, it isn't. It isn't uh, Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. It it isn't like it isn't like drenched in that kind of um, Lovecraft uh, uh, aesthetic or anything like that. It's more of like a. Um, I think it's gonna get there. Like it, it, it it's like slowly getting going in that direction, um, but it starts out a little bit more unassuming than. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, the Eldritch Horror style stuff. Got quite a poppy style, isn't it? What's that? Quite a kind of, uh, got quite a poppy style, isn't it? It's a 
a chirpy style to it, so the, the, um, like graphic wise. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it starts off. Um, you know, it takes place pretty much over the series of a single day. So you start in the morning, so the sun's out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you could say, yeah. but then it gets dark. Um, and as you start to unravel everything that's going on, on the island, it starts to get a little less, um, you know, high spirited and a little bit more uh, serious. So. Um, yeah um yeah so that is gonna wrap up the um 2020 games of the year list uh with a bow on it and now we're going to jump into our most disappointing slash worst games of the year um, and I've already done mine with Cyberpunk. That's the only one that I played that I was, um, I don't, usually if I play like, you know, a few minutes of a game and I really don't think it's anything great, I don't keep playing it. So I don't really spend a whole lot of time with games that, um, I don't think, uh, like don't, don't keep my attention. So, um. Yeah, that's why I don't usually have, like, this is the worst game I've ever played um, kind of games on my list or anything like that. So, um, but Lee, you are a, a different sort. Um, you seem to revel in the uh, terrible. Um, I say so, I do. It makes me feel better. <laughs> so which which do you want to start with here? Do you want to start with 13 or do you start with Fast and Furious? Well, I'm going to fuck with you here now. Because I've just thought of a few other things. So oh. if you don't mind, I'll just throw in a couple of one-liners, if that's okay. all right. Right. Avengers was disappointing to me. Oh, yeah. uh, Little Hope was quite disappointing. Um, the the sequel to Man of Medan. Sequel-ish mm-hmm. to Man of Medan. Um, the Transformers and WWE games weren't very good. Um, and well. Resident Evil 3. Um, oh, yeah. Resident Evil 3. If you, if you know me, it's... Not only is it surprising that it's not on the best of lists, it's oh, probably yeah. even more surprising. Yeah, but I guess I could the, have that um, on my list too. But I was, I was extremely disappointed with that game, um, yeah, especially that following up with Resident Evil 2 the year before. Mm. Almost cynical. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's. But they're, they're, they're disappointing. We're going to get to the real shit now. <laughs> Where the first of which was 13. The uh, remake of the shell shaded, uh, shell shaded. We're going to keep that, keep yeah. that in. It's fine. We won't ever add that. Um, shell said, I've done it again. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, got that art style. That yeah, we that that um, art style. Yeah, um, and this came out and shit the bed um, horrendously. <laughs> um, it's still broken after many, many, many patches. Still doesn't work very well. I don't know what happened with this one. They removed the one thing that people like from the original, which is the art style. Um, they seem to have got to put AI in. Um, there's footage of me talking about this. On It's glorious. There's not the section I go into where the game doesn't break in some way, whether it doesn't trigger the next section of the level or the graphics fall apart. It's, it's a horrendous game. I can't believe they released it, to be honest with you. In the state, yeah, it's shocking. Um, I, I, I can't explain how bad a state it's in. Um, it got stealth release, really. Kind of, I didn't realize it was coming out till they notified me that my pre order was being sent. 
I was like, oh, okay. And then you find out why. Re- really shockingly bad, that one. Um, and then there was Fast and the Furious, which kind of broke me. Um, <laughs> that came at the right amount of time in a very strange year where I didn't know what was happening halfway through that game. It was it was a surreal experience. Yeah, playing Fast and the Furious is a bit like a Zen Cohen. Um you know, where you question reality and uh, what you're playing. Um, and then playing that game after that comes Transcendence. And I just lost my mind playing that. I think I talked to you about me straddling a, a rocket. Yeah, yeah. This game. is the one yeah. that ends with you, like, shooting a nuclear missile or something. Yeah. So I I didn't think I'd get in from this game, but it turns out I've become a Zen Buddhist. Um there is, I'm beyond good and evil. There's no, there's, there's nothing else. There's only Fudden and Furious Crossroads now. It's all, I, it's all I have left. <laughs> there's only Vin Diesel. It's only Vin Diesel. I don't understand. Right, I'm going to do it now. I don't understand how you can have a complete vanity project and still phone it in. How does that happen? I don't know. It looks like we're going to have another one with Art 2. You could get. I was just going to say, were you ready for Art 2? No, not nobody's ready for art two. Nobody wanted art two. Certainly not with that. I don't know. Is it, oh, oh. What's everybody else's next one? Just, just uh, I need to lie down. I, that was horrible. <laughs> All right. So that's that's uh, Lee's um, mental breakdown. Um, oh. Hopefully, he'll be able to one day destroy that nuclear missile and uh, come back to reality. Uh, I saved the nuclear power plant. It didn't crash into it at the end. It was oh, fine. good. So you, you you saved the day. Well, Vin Diesel saved the day. Oh. Doesn't he always? He does, yeah. Oh, my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek, let's talk about yours. Um, your first one here is Warcraft 3 Reforged. Uh, that's like the their remake of Warcraft 3, right? Yeah, and it wasn't a remake at all. It was the same damn game with a little bit better shading that just didn't work out great at all. Oh, okay. Like, these are pretty much, uh, like, my disappointing ones were just, like, straight-up disappointing because they weren't anything different than the original. Like, it has no right to be called a remastered or reforged or upgraded version of the game. Mm-hmm. They could have just re-released three, and it yeah. would have been fine. Um, All right. Um, what about Crystal Chronicles remaster? Same kind of deal. Yeah, same kind of deal. But with this one, the difference is they kind of like it came out on everything, so you could play it PC, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and your phone. But I think the the entire experience was tailored more towards the phone, mm-hmm. um, and all the versions. Like it didn't look good. It didn't look upgraded. It just looked like that original GameCube version that you played before. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just wasn't fun. It was not fun to play <laughs> at all. The only um... thing that I'd give them that they did right was. You only needed one person to actually own the game. Like if you're, if you knew you were going to play the whole game as a group, because it is like a group game. Mm-hmm. 
if one person owned it, no matter which platform was that, if they were hosting the game, everybody else could download like the little trial they had of it and experience the whole game with the group. Oh, okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. That'd be yeah. like, it's one like, it did this right, but everything else is garbage. Yeah, there, there's a few games that have done that, like that, um... That... Uh, a Way Out. Was it A Way Out? Yeah, A Way Out, uh, that mm-hmm. crazy guy at the Oscars <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, game, and he's doing it, they're doing it with the their new game, too, which actually looks kind of cool. It looks kind of real it crazy. It definitely looks interesting. Ooh, yeah. I actually just had a couple friends that have played A Way Out. He's like, mm-hmm. so when are we going to play it? I was like, eventually. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Darksiders Genesis. Um, oh, I, shit. So, like, that exists. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I keep saying about this game like, when I when I see it. They like tried something this. different, and as much as I love Darksiders, it just didn't... I did the stream to show it off, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone back. I, t- I haven't touched it. I haven't had the want to touch it. Yeah. Um, it didn't necessarily play bad or anything like that. It was like the camera angles, like the couple things for the way it was designed. Like I didn't have as much control over the game as I felt I should have for the type of game they were going with for that. Yeah, and that it's was like kind of really off-putting. It's kind of like Diablo style, but not fully. Yeah, with a locked, like weird-ass angle of a camera. Mm-hmm. Which is not at all what uh, what Darksiders is famous for. So <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like no. if they had unlock the camera and give you like full control of it, like I'd probably go back and play it. If like, hey, this updates out, we fix camera controls. You have more control of the camera. I'd go back and play it because it was like some of the stuff I did was fun, but the camera aspect of it was so off-putting. Yeah. That I just did not want to go back and play it. Yeah, well, I remember on that stream, you were having some issues with the platforming, too, because of the camera angle. Oh, yeah, it made it really hard, because if you couldn't quite see an angle or something, you were trying to, like, jump and turn and do whatever it wanted you to do to grab. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. platforming with those kinds of locked isometric cameras are always kind of dubious, in my opinion. Yeah. And They're I'd say this was probably... I'm going to mention one more disappointing game, but I'd have to say Darksiders was probably the most disappointing because I had hopes for it. Mm-hmm. Like the concept of it, the idea is like, okay, this is cool. I can, you know, I can roll with this. We can play with another player, to, you know? And um, yeah, just a, a horrible camera execution. Yeah. Just completely killed it. Yeah, that's a bummer. I still kind of want to check it out on my own at some point but like lee said oh i keep looking at it and be like oh that's right that came out i gotta check that out and then i think about your stream and i'm like oh, no. maybe maybe i don't <laughs> no maybe i could i could dive back and see if they've updated anything and they'll let you know yeah i mean even that was uh so the pc version came out last year um yeah. so the, the version oh, that yeah came the console out on versions console have come out and all now yeah, they came out later, so that that would those that game would have already been probably patched and updated a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's too bad because I I do like Darksiders, 
those first mm-hmm. two games and the third one. Lee, I know you liked the third one, but I really didn't Ooh. enjoy it very much. Well, I got I got a little bit ways in and then kind of fell off. Um, it might be worth having another look because they overhauled a lot of the way that played. Yeah, I know. They, they took um, off the stamina bar and stuff like that. Yeah, mm. I think it was just uh, it felt a little bit when it restricted. And well, it felt a little bit like they had taken a step back in like the budget department with it, which is yeah. probably true because between Darksiders two and three, um, THQ went out of business and they got bought by uh, somebody else. So um, it's probably a, a difficult development for that game. Um, all right, so that covers the most disappointing slash worst games. Um, of the year now we're going to look forward into next year and talk a little bit about uh, our most anticipated games now we don't know a whole lot about these particular games some of them we know more than others but um we're gonna just talk a little bit about why we are looking forward to them um we got some crossovers here so we'll start with those uh Derek and Lee, do you want to talk about Gotham Knights and why you're excited about that game coming out? Yeah, um, I, I'm a big fan of the art. Well, I'm a, I'm a DC guy anyway, but I, I do like the Arkham games. Um, this feels like it's a good expansion from that. It's dipping into. It seems like it's dipping into the co-op without necessarily doing an Avengers with it. Still keeping it a relatively contained experience rather than trying to live service the thing um it just it just looks like a nice um oomph. it's nice that um if you if you're into that whole arkham series it's nice to see that montreal have got they've kind of been able to do their own thing with the batman stuff as opposed to kind of being tied specifically to what rocksteady are doing so i'm look i'm looking forward to that one for that and it's interesting to take it away from batman as well and um, focus on some a lot more diverse characters, like powers, wires, and, and mm-hmm. kind of strap wires. I, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Um, I think that'd be a fun one, especially to see how it plays in with that, like I say, that kind of singular but still co-op type experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about you, Derek? Yeah, um, again, I agree with everything that Lee said about it. Um, for me, like, I'm not that crazy big of a DC fan, but for some reason, they seem to have the better games um, when it comes to, like, your superheroes and stuff like that. Um, and I've enjoyed playing through, like, the entire Arkham series. It's been a lot of fun, so it's going to be nice to see some different characters rather than just Batman. Yeah. Um yeah, it's just really interesting to see like what they do with it, and you know the co-op, the kind of like the multiplayer aspect that's coming to it as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out, especially kind of on the scope and scale that they're showing. Mm. Okay, cool. Looks interesting. So we have Lee. You and I have the medium to look forward to. Actually, not too far from now. Um, yeah, the end of the month. Yeah, so I'm not usually a big horror fan, but I did enjoy... So this is Bloober Team. Um, mm. I did enjoy the first Layers of Fear, um, even though it was kind of... It had its 
it had its issues. <laughs> mm. But um, mm. this looks really cool. Like uh, they have this uh, kind of split reality system mm. going on where you can see what's going on on in one side and what's going on on the other side and kind of like piece together. I guess you're doing some sort of investigation, it seems like. Um, and, you know, it's all got the horror vibes and stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested from like a not really a hardcore horror standpoint, but more from like a a cool, like original idea that they seem to be putting forward. Um, and so what's your your feelings, Lee? Why are you looking forward to this? Well, I, I, this is my genre, really, but um, I like it. It's, it's de- obviously taken its cues from Silent Hill, clearly, kind of the dual, um, the dual um, dimension type thing with it. But obviously, the hook is the dual dimension is simultaneous, um, and to see how it plays out as kind of the way that apparently they've Im- they've kind of implemented streamed into how they make it all work simultaneously as a split screen so i want to see that it goes um and it seems like it drops the things that doesn't really work with silent hill like the dodgy combat they've ripped that out um so it's kind of you just get the atmosphere of it without necessarily the stuff that dragged that series down um it's obviously very influenced by it because it's even using the guy that used to do the score for um uh silent hill games so I'm kind of looking at it from that level. It's kind of, if Konami aren't going to do it, I'll take Bluebird team doing it all day long. So, yeah, I'm definitely up for that one. So I'm doing something a little bit different with the survival horror thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, speaking of survival horror, what the heck is Resident Evil 8 going to be? Um, it's going to annoy <laughs> fans of Resident Evil again. Yeah. Um, it, even more removed from... Um, uh, the core of everybody thinks is about zombies. It's not really. It's about bioterror, um, biological warfare, and stuff like that. But people see zombies, so it's all zombies. This one is going to be based more on um, folk horror, which is mm-hmm. going to be a cool little thing. Um, I think there's lots of Slavic folklore going on with it, with the monsters and stuff. So that's something we've never seen from it before. The more supernatural type side, witchy side, and kind of uh, yeah, werewolves creature and stuff. Thing. Yeah, and um, kind of, like I say, myth, mythical folklore stuff. And, um, and so it's going to be cool. Chris has fully transformed himself into a boulder. He does look white, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I see him. He's, he's, he's a beefy boy now. Yeah. Um, and seemingly a bad guy, so I'm interested to see what's going on there. Um, yeah. It I know feels... uh, I haven't played through RE7, and I know we had talked about maybe doing a co-op play. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm still up for that. Um, and I kind of want to squeeze it in before this comes out, so maybe we'll start that up here in the new year. Yeah, definitely. But I will think from from the viewpoint of me, it seems like the way they're treating Chris, I get a feeling it's going to be a wrapping up of the previous twenty years in a weird way. Mm-hmm. By the way, the characters are playing out, so it, it's going to be a cool one to check out if you followed the series up until now. So I think they're going to put a button on it and then do something different after. 
Mm-hmm. So definitely worth looking at, I think. All right. Um, so I guess I'll just knock Deathloop off this list. Um, I'm lo- I'm still looking forward to this. Uh, it was supposed Ooh. to come out this year, but it got delayed. Uh, this is the Arcane. Um, kind of like... I, I'm still not 100% sure exactly what um what to call this game but um you know it's like a it's a first person action game but you have um it, it feels kind of like hitman but there's going to be another hitman after you um if that makes any sense um i like mm-hmm. the aesthetic that i've seen um i like the kind of there seems like they're going through some like time traveling um story beats uh and i like arcane I don't like everything Arcane does, but I like that they tend to take chances and do original stuff, um, not just like um, not just uh, whatever's whatever the most popular thing is. Make their own version of it. They um, take they, they come up with some pretty good ideas. Like I really liked Prey, uh, their their follow up to Prey. Um, and I didn't really, I don't really like the Dishonored series, but I do like that kind of um, immersive sim kind of game. Um, and I'm just kind of interested to see what they do here. It might suck. Uh, I probably, this might end up on my <laughs> disappointed list uh, next year um, because it's it's still kind of a, a bit of a, a black box. Um, but um yeah i guess we're, we'll see hopefully it, it comes out uh in the spring here like they say it's going to and uh mm-hmm. we see what it finally is um all right derek why don't you talk to me about back for blood because this just kind of got announced at the game awards uh it's a left for dead successor okay like, uh moving on <laughs> that's that's all you gotta say like as soon as I saw it, um, I really enjoyed those styles of uh, games. Um, the people that I normally play with, uh, mm-hmm. that's always been the ones that really hold us together. And uh, Left 4 Dead was one of the games that really, like, where we met actually a couple of the friends that we play with now that we play with online. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the games like that were ones where we found them, actually. It was between Left and Dead and whatever Call of Duty was out at that time. Mm-hmm. Um so it'd yeah. be nice to see what they do if it still has that same feel, which it looks like it will. Um, so yeah, yeah we'll they, they really have, so they really haven't showed too much. It was just kind of like a a, a pre-rendered kind of yeah cutscene kind of thing. Um, but it, it it is by the uh, Turtle Rock, so the people that made the original Left for Dead. Um, in the they did the um that Evolve game um that. Was had some cool ideas, but didn't quite yeah. uh, get off the ground, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Which was unfortunate too, because like that was another one that we played a lot, and it was a lot of fun. But for some reason, overall, it just didn't stick. Yeah. Um, so looks like they're going back to basics here with uh, another zo- co-op zombie shooter. So hopefully they uh, they pull it out. Because um, I know a lot of mm-hmm. people are itching for that Left for Dead. Um, yeah, I can't believe I can't believe I was fit off my list. I think it was so recent that we found out about it that it's kind of skipped my mind. Yeah, it was literally I mean, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was at the Game Awards. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and you know, it was just announced, so it might not even come out next year. Who knows? But um, 
you know, well, I maybe think they've it got will. a beta plan for middle of the year. Oh, they do. Okay, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they're a PC one, but yeah, I, I believe it's towards middle of the year. So okay, so yeah, maybe it'll come I'll out at the tail end of of next year. Mm. All right, so I saved these two for last, um, and Derek, you have Horizon Forbidden West, um, which is would definitely also probably be on my list as well. And I also have Ratchet and Clank on my list. Um, so these are like two big PlayStation 5 exclusives um, that I'm hoping are going to come out next year. Um, mm-hmm. So what is it about Horizon that you're looking forward to? Like, what do you want out of a sequel to that? I just want more story and lore of the, um, lore of this world like kind of going on and seeing another area of it because Horizon Zero Dawn was so well done. Um, even leading into the DLC that they had for it, that I'm ready for some more of it to see what kind of story they craft going forward. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of the fact that hey, we're getting more of this, and the previous game was solid. So if they stay in that formula, just expanding on the lore and telling this new part of the story, I think we're going to have another very solid game. Yeah, um, yeah, I want to see. I want to see more of the story because I think that's the game's. That first game's strongest part is kind of like the history of the world. Maybe not necessarily the story that's happening in the present day, mm-hmm. but more of like what, how the world got to be the way it is. Um, yeah. And I hope maybe they kind of bridge those two and bring them together. Um, and I hope they kind of revamp the combat because... Um, a lot like it has a lot of cool ideas of like trying to break off pieces of the enemy and like almost like monster hunter kind of um breaking off mm-hmm. armor breaking like using elemental abilities breaking off weapons and stuff like that that the enemies have but it always felt a little bit too um chaotic a little bit too like like i i did too much dodging and running away <laughs> than actual um, attacking the enemy because um, I don't know it just seemed like the the artificial intelligence of the enemies just kind of like a lot of them just charge straight at you um, so there wasn't a whole lot of um, actual like cat and mouse gameplay it was more like uh, mm-hmm. you tried to sneak up to them and once the attack started you just kind of wailed on them until um, you were done uh, so I hope they, they kind of revamped that and and add some depth to that. Um, otherwise, I'm sure it's going to look fantastic on uh, on PS5. Um, and then I've got Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank. Uh, so this is one of my favorite series. Uh, you know, the platformer slash um, combat game. You know, get all these these crazy this crazy arsenal of weapons, but also it um, combines like smart platforming as well. Um, that's really just what I'm looking forward to is just more of that type of gameplay in the world that they, um, that they set it in, uh, cause it's got a, you know, a whole bunch of like silly characters, um, and it, but it has like a, a slightly more, um, adult edge to the humor, not like, uh, not like, uh, more, not like dirty or anything like that, but just like knowing, like, you know, almost mm-hmm. like wink and nod kind of thing. Um, they actually changed the subtitles of the games for this country. 
because they're yeah, I heard that innuendo. Yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) which ones did they change? Up your arsenal. Okay. Yeah, because from the UK. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one I don't understand why they changed because that's the one that would make the most sense in your region. I think it's because it was aimed more at kids here. It was the the, the package design was more and, cute. And because you actually use that as a substitute for ass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Over here, it's uh, just kind of like a funny thing British people say. <laughs> but the weird thing is, they just didn't change the title of um, Size Matters. So work that way. I don't know. Bad. Yeah. No. Um, size Matters. There was Going Commando. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think they've announced what the name of this one is, like the subtitle. Um, I don't know. But I'm sure it'll be something goofy. Um, and like the, the demo they showed, the demos they showed and stuff, the game looks absolutely phenomenal. Like uh, so many particle effects and explosions and chaos. And that's what was cool about that game. You know, it wasn't challenging combat. It was more like just the spectacle of it and um, the crazy things that that went on with it and then um it was fun to explore the levels and find all the secrets and stuff like that um so, so i'm a I, i'm a fan of the series but i'm i haven't followed this one is it following on from the future series or is it taken from the reboot is it a follow-on from the reboot i don't know um stop. huh or was that last one just a bit of a stopgap I think that last the uh, the remake of the first game was just like a stopgap, like it was a, a a final game to put on the PlayStation, because um, they really didn't have a Ratchet and Clank for PS4. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I never played the Future series. Um, I, never. I, no, I, I I played I played a couple of them, like a little bit of a couple of them, but I never I didn't play it nearly as much as I played the PS2 games the you know the first one uh going commando up your arsenal um mm. those are those are the ones that i played the most and then i i didn't I, I didn't really have a playstation 3 for most of that generation i was mostly on 360 um i remember having particular fun with the was it deadlocked or something gladiator i believe it's called over there but it's deadlocked here deadlocked yeah i don't i'm not sure a... um yeah so well, where you was like in a game show, like the Running Man sort of thing. Oh, okay. Now, really yeah, cool. I don't think I played that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So I don't know what way they're going with it. Um, I know they're showing off the tech of like being able to quickly go between different areas with a fast loading um, hard drive and stuff like that. So um, I guess it's going to have something to do with portals and moving between levels quickly and stuff like that. So. I guess we'll see. Maybe it's a complete new series of Ratchet and Clank games. All right, well, that's going to do it. Uh, big, long list, big, long podcast, but we got through it. Uh, we've got our games of the year, our most disappointing games, and our most anticipated games for next year. Um, looking forward to next year. Uh all in all, I think last year was a pretty good year for games. It was end of a generation, so we had some games that maybe weren't blowing us away in terms of tech and um, innovation, but uh, they were still pretty good games. Um, mm-hmm. Consistent, yeah. 
I think. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was consistent. It was. It was fine. I guess I would say. It'll do. <laughs> It'll do. It's not going to go on the list of the top, but um, hopefully it. It's pays no two thousand and three, is it? It really isn't. It's no nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> no, it's no nineteen ninety eight. It's no uh, uh, twenty seventeen. But it's not bad. Um, Yeah, so we'll be back in the new year to uh, continue doing what we're doing. Um, Stay tuned for uh, maybe our Resident Evil 7 playthrough happening um, soon-ish. We'll see. I don't know. No promises, but I do want to play it before that new one comes out. Um, And, yeah, probably the next time we'll come back here will be... Well, I guess probably when the medium launches, uh, which is near the end yeah. of um, January, that'll be the first big game that we'll, we'll be looking to cover. So stay tuned for that. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks guys for hanging out. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please consider leaving a like and subscribing to see more. Check out voxelvoice.com for all of our great content, and consider supporting us on Patreon to keep our content ad-free and independent.